Available at farmnewsnow.com or wherever you find your favorite podcast. Agriculture through a modern lens. This is the AgriPod with Alice McFarland. AgriPod is brought to you by Smart Nutrition Map plus MST. Soil is your most powerful machine. On this episode, farmers are focused on seeding this year's crop, so many were not thrilled to see the census of agriculture appear during a very busy time of the year. Augustine Akuoko Azebe is a director with the Agriculture Division of Statistics Canada. He says the census data contains important information when it comes to direct payments or various programs that support the ag industry. The information is also used to defend farmers' interests in trade disputes and negotiations. Augustine will tell us about some of the changes that have been made since the last census in 2016, provide some tips to make the process easier, and explain the provisions that have been made to give farmers and ranchers a bit more time to complete the paperwork. Farmers Edge announced last April that it would offer Canada's first canola heat blast yield protection product to its customers. The company will digitize the flow of insurance data from start to finish, and Munich Re will underwrite the contract. Wade Barnes, co-founder and CEO of Farmers Edge, says the measurement of yield loss is based on temperature measurements from in-field sensors. And once it hits the key temperature, the sensor will trigger the claim, and Munich Re will go in and make the payment directly to the grower. Other reinsurance companies have offered this type of product globally, but have based the data off government weather stations as opposed to the in-field sensors. Barnes says heat blasting canola product is the first of its kind, and there's going to be others coming down the pipeline. After the break, Augustine Akuoko Azebe. Digging into the topics that matter to you. The AgriPod with Alice McFarland. With me is Augustine Okoku Azibe, a director with the Agriculture Division of Statistics Canada. The Census of Agriculture, a very important work that is coming up this spring. Let's talk first of all about what a farmer might, the questions a farmer might have to answer during this census. And I assume then it is really going to depend on the type of operation they have? Uh, yes, that's correct. The uh, questionnaire for this cycle, for the 2021 cycle, uh, the majority of the contents are the same as the 2016. Uh, so farmers will be asked questions about uh, their uh, farm, operate, uh, farm operations, the farm area, land management, livestock inventories, crop area, total operating expenses, total revenue, uh, machinery and equipment, uh, issues related to renewable energy, technology adoption, direct market marketing, and succession planning. So these are the kind of questions that the farmers will be responding to. But it depends on the type of operation. Is there any way that a producer can prepare ahead of time in order to make the process go more smoothly and hopefully a little faster? Yes. Uh, I think for those operators that have completed the 2016 Census of Agriculture, and as I indicated, majority of the questions are the same. Uh, there were no changes. Uh, the few changes uh, that we had uh, for this cycle relates to maybe explaining a little bit more uh, questions on questions related to renewable energy, technology, uh, adoption, and direct marketing, marketing and succession planning. 
So it's the same uh, approach that they use for the last for the last last cycle. They will use the same approach in gathering the information. And this time around, we have uh, tailored the questions to uh, for each part, for each um, operator. For instance, if you are not uh, engaged in vegetable production, uh, we have a, a tick box where we ask you the question, are you producing vegetables? If you are not producing vegetables, you will not be getting the questions on vegetables. If, you, if it is livestock, you only get the questions on livestock. What would you say would be the approximate length of time it would take to complete the census? On average, uh, we did some testing in 2019 when we did a census test. On average, it took uh, respondents about 32.4 minutes compared to 34 minutes in 2016. Oh, well, that's quite precise. <laughs> yes, we wanted to make sure, even though, even though some questions, there were some um, expanded questions in 2021, but it took respondents less time to be able to complete the survey. And, and one of the things that will also make it easier for respondents to be able to complete uh, the questionnaires in a very uh, short time period is that this time around, we will not be doing a lot of follow-up if respondents provide information that uh, may not be accurate or uh, there may be some missing information. We are trying to reduce response burden on our farmers, so that kind of follow-up is not going to be there for 2021. How was the census information used? And maybe we can kind of break this into two parts. Why is it important for the government? And why is it important for farmers? As you know, for the government, um, the government makes policies uh, related to agriculture. They also provide programs that support also farmers. So uh, the government uses this information in order to uh, 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 make informed policy decisions on the agricultural industry. At the same time, they use the data uh, to support them in terms of support payments. For instance, as you know, Alex, when the uh, COVID-19 crisis started, uh, the government used these census data to be able to provide the uh, farmers with the critical uh, 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 support in terms of financial support for the industry. So that is why this is a very good um, source of data that the government can use to be able to support the farmers. In addition, the industry uh, organizations also use the data. Okay, so we have a number of farm organizations across the country. They also use the information to be able to support the, uh, their, their members. For the farmers, I think it's very important that every farmer in Canada, when they get the questionnaire, do respond, because that is the basis of information that the government uses to provide them with the support that they need. Also, in terms of any diseases outbreak in the agricultural sector, that is the, this is the information that the government uses to monitor the magnitude and the impact of the disease. The government also uses that information to defend farmers' interests when it comes to trade disputes and to negotiate market access. So this information is really, really critical uh, for farmers uh, to support them 
and also for the government to uh, come up with programs and policies and to manage direct payments to them. Augustine, once the census has been completed, submitted back to the government, uh, when is the complete information or data made available on the census from 2021? The first release from the Census of Agriculture uh, will be uh, a year from now. It will be on May 11th of 2022, so a year after. The reason why it takes a year to be able to release the first information is that uh, we are uh, conducting this census across the country. So we have a lot of farmers all across the country, various uh, types of farmers and activities. And it takes time to be able to compile all the data, process it, and make sure that the quality of the information that we are providing to Canadians is very good. So that is why it takes some time Uh, a year to be able to get the first releases out. So by next year, May 2022, the first releases from the census will be coming out. As farmers are working on this census of agriculture, if they run into a rough patch, where can they go to get help if they need it? Okay. We we have uh, a census helpline with a a toll-free telephone number and Alice, if I can give you the telephone number, maybe your, your listeners will be able to write it down. It's one eight five five eight five nine six two seven three. That is the census helpline. So any any farm operator, any farmer looking for any kind of questions can call this line. Our agents are available twenty four seven to respond to any questions. I think one of the perennial questions each year that there is a census of agriculture is why does this happen during seeding when when farmers are busy? (laughs) Maybe you could just give us a brief explanation as to why it happens in May. Yes, it's true that uh, farmers, this is the very busiest time of the year when they are doing their seeding. So we conduct the census of agriculture in May uh, to coincide with the census of population. And uh, we would like to take advantage of some of the logistics, the communication uh, that uh, are provided by the census of population. So by doing that, we are able to save uh, taxpayers millions of dollars by sharing the collection, the processing, and also the logistics and the communication with the census of population. So. The timing of the census of, and somebody may ask why is the census of population is in May. Uh, the timing of the census of population is driven by the need to maximize the number of responses because if it were not for COVID, that is the time that um, a lot of people are at home during this time of the year. So that is why we have the census of population and we tag on the census of agriculture to save taxpayers a lot of money. For this, for this cycle, because we know that farmers are always busy during this time of the year, we're giving farmers enough time to be able to complete the questionnaire. So farmers will have between now and until September to submit the questionnaire. So uh, we are being flexible in terms of how and when they can respond. Tell us what the important dates are around the Census of Agriculture this year. So the, the, the first important date was Monday, May 3rd. Uh, that is the official launch of the 
of, of, of the census of population and the census of agriculture. It was mandated. The next date will be on May 11, which we call the census day. So this is the day that um, most Canadians are required to submit their census of population questionnaire. And if for farmers, if they can provide their, their information at that time, that is okay. But as I indicated, they still have enough time to be able to do that. So the, the last date, farmers will be getting some reminders going forward. Uh, but it doesn't mean that when you get a reminder next Monday, uh, if you are not available to submit your questionnaire, uh, we are going to be calling you all the time and say, what is it, what is it, what is it? Uh, we've given promise enough time between now and September. So the critical days for the cycle are May 3rd, May 11th, uh, which is the census day, and then we will continue uh, reminding respondents to uh, submit their questionnaires going forward. Augustine, anything else that you wanted to add? So, uh, Alice, I would like to take the opportunity to express Southern Canada's uh, appreciation and our sincere thanks to all our farmers and farm operators because the census of agriculture relies on the willing support, the cooperation and participation of Canadian farmers and farm operators to present a statistical portrait of the industry. And as I've already indicated, this data from the census of agriculture benefits not only the government in terms of uh, coming up with policies and programs to support the industry, but also it directly benefits uh, the farmers and farm operators. Did you want to comment on Statistics Canada creating a music playlist to make filling out the census more enjoyable? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I think uh, um, during this era of the pandemic, uh, um, the morale of a number of people, even include, including uh, most workers, the frontline workers, is really down. So Studies Canada is coming up with some kind of uh, motivations to be able to uh, um, help people during the downtime of the pandemic. Uh, so we are engaging in all sorts of activities to motivate people, cheer people up, uh, that uh, we are all in this together. So that is the message we are trying to send across. Every little bit helps. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Augustine, thank you so much for your time. Appreciate it. And we look forward to seeing the results next year. Thank you, Alice, for taking the the time uh, to get in touch with us. And also uh, thank you for doing this uh, to to spread the message on the success of agriculture and the central population to uh, Canadians. Thank you very much. After the break, we'll hear from Wade Barnes, the CEO of Farmers Edge, offering a new product, Canada's first canola heat blast yield protection product for its customers. Digging into the topics that matter to you. The AgriPod with Alice McFarlane. With me is Farmers Edge CEO Wade Barnes. Wade is here to talk about uh, Canada's first canola heat blast yield protection product that it's offering to its customers. First of all, Wade, tell us about uh, Farmers Edge and uh, give us a sense about uh, some of the uh, history of the company. Yeah, so, so Farmers Edge is a um, a digital agriculture company, but our roots were around precision agriculture and providing agronomic consulting. And then we realized that, you know, the, the, the data that we were getting from the farmers was going to be a critical component of the future. And so we really changed the company to focus on, 
you know, how to harness that data, help farmers make decisions. And then, you know, from there, starting to use that data um, to affect some of the other verticals in agriculture. It's been uh, such a great time for the canola industry right now. Great prices, uh, lots of announcements uh, with increasing crush capacity on the prairies. Um, Watching that crop grow throughout the spring and early summer, and then uh, that dreaded summer heat comes. Great if you're at the lake, but not so great uh, for the crop when it's in bloom. Yes, so you mean the the issue around heat blasting is the fact that the farmer's this peril doesn't affect the crop until the farmers have kind of spent all their money on the crop. You know, they've, they've bought expensive seed, they've planted it, they've fertilized, they sprayed herbicides, they sprayed fungicides, and then essentially the heat can come in and, and steal yield. And, and so, you know, it, and the problem with heat blast, it never affects the crop that it would take a, you know, a crop to push it into a call it a crop insurance, a government crop insurance claim, but what it does is steals the profit. You know, it takes uh, the top 10 to 15 bushels off of the field, and, and every farmer that's walked into his canola crop after flowering sees those um, blank spots on the stem, and they know exactly what it's been because they can remember that week of hot weather uh, sometime in early July that then suddenly has affected the crop. And so... Um, you know, with with our customers that, you know, we implement um, these weather stations on the field and it really gives the ability to monitor that. And the other side of it is, is that, you know, um, it's a very observational thing. And and so farmers don't really like to deal with having to go out and, and, and debate uh, damage with an adjuster. And so by being able to use a derivative style product um, you can sort of um, set up essentially the trigger, and, and there's a, uh, a temperature. Um, there's a, there's a, an area where that temperature falls into that causes the heat blast, and once that temperature falls into that target range, it triggers um, the, uh, uh, the the claim, and then Unicree then pays it out. So, um, what, what's really exciting is that these large reinsurers. They do these type of products um, for large grain companies or food companies or, you know, mega farms in other areas of the world. Um, this is the first time that it's being kind of brought into uh, um, the, so that individual farms and individual fields can utilize it. So I think it's really exciting. The second part of that is it's also giving the farmer exposure directly to the reinsurer. And, and this is sort of a trend that the digital disruption sort of does, right? Gives the, the farmer access uh, to, um, to to the actual creator of the product, and, and it sort of cuts out some of the middlemen, which which you know puts extra costs on the farmer. So we find that pretty exciting. Where now a farmer can have a connection to Munich Re, who is generally the one that's reinsuring a lot of the other insurance companies that he's doing business with, he's getting that direct relationship, which is really lowering his cost. Farmers Edge is offering this protection to its customers, and as as it sounds like, it's a very unique type of insurance. So um, walk us through the process of how a farmer might be interested in, in this and how they can get involved. 
so so right now for, for this year, this is uh, this product will be available to Farmers Edge customers uh, that have had been on our platform for about a year. Um, you know, we've uh, Munich Re and Farmers Edge has done the analysis of that, and so they 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 want to ensure that the weather stations have been there for a while and they're um, they're accurate and reporting in uh, accurate numbers, and so um, we'll. Um, either you know, we'll be approaching our customers, we'll be able to provide this, they'll be able to sign up, decide on how much coverage they want, whether it be, you know, $100 an acre up to, to $200 an acre, and then um, they sign up. They have to do some paperwork that, that's connected to a derivative insurance, um, and then the contract is really between the farmer and Munich Re. We're, we're sort of the, the connector because of um, our, the farmers on our platform. And then we monitor it for Munich Re and the grower. And, you know, and we've got sort of, we also monitor growth stages for the farmer. So one, he'll be able to see, you know, his canola crop and the staging and how it gets into that sensitive area alongside the weather. And once it triggers, we'll be able to give that farmer an alert that he's triggered um, this, um, the, the, the claim. And then from there, um, you know, there'll be a fairly quick payout back to the grower. Uh, any thoughts about uh, expanding this, this, or, or are we just really kind of in the infancy of this this uh, type of insurance? I think we're we're definitely going to expand this into other perils and other crops and in other markets even beyond Canada. Um, I, I think that you know if you've heard you know Bear is uh, been very focused on what they call outcome based insurance. Um, I think the one thing that we've been really excited about is that a lot of these reinsurance companies, because of the data set that, that Farmer's Edge uh, collects, um, they're thinking about how they can bring unique products to those customers. And, and so, you know, some of the, I think, the concerns that growers will have as commodity prices go up, um, the, the insurance that they carry, whether it be to the provincial insurance companies or hail insurance, probably doesn't give them enough insurance to protect the value of that crop. A, a 50 bushel canola crop at $16 a bushel um, is pretty valuable. And so, so I think that there's going to be an interesting opportunity to be able to get um, better coverages at, at a lower cost. And then that'll also, we think, will help unlock farmers' lending potential because bank it'll make banks more comfortable um, if farmers have better protection. So, so we think that that one, you know, newer products coming down the line that are tailor-made for farmers and their farms, the crops that they grow, and they'll get will also open up better lending opportunities in the future. There are obviously concerns about how our climate is changing and how that's going to impact agriculture. Is this part of, I guess, some of the the drive behind creating products like this? It, it could be so. So I think that um, you know one the issues that that I think that crop insurance has had is that it's pretty distant and it's not very transparent. You know, so um, because historically um, information isn't readily available, but in today with new technology, you know, farmers have the ability of being able to log everything they do on those farms. They can. You know, they, they, then that information is, is available to do data analytics and predictive modeling. And so um, I, I think that farmers with, 
what they've done and the practices over the last 10 to 15 years have taken volatility um, out of the market. And and with if there is changes to the weather, um, I think um, reinsurance companies can get more comfortable in having a direct relationship with, with growers rather than, you know, um, working through and having to insure a mass amount of growers where suddenly the growers that are using you know, data and information can showcase how strong their operations are and they can attract insurance companies to come in and provide these products. And, and so that's where I think the private products, you know, will have a lot of benefit. It may not benefit all farmers, but it will certainly benefit the ones that have made investments into technology that can showcase, you know, how good uh, managers they are and how good a steward they are. So, uh, and generally those are the growers that adapt maybe more quickly to the changing environment. Wade, I guess just finally, obviously there isn't going to be an opportunity for some farmers to take advantage of it this year, but if they want to learn more of, about this about this product, where can they find that? Yeah, you can reach out to your local farmer's edge person or even just go onto our website and, uh, you know, just essentially just go ahead and Google farmer's edge and our name will pop up pretty, pretty quick. So, um, and uh, from there, um, there's lots of information about the canola heat blast um, and uh, or you can just reach out uh, um, and connect with, uh, connect with us there. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you for, uh, for having me. Wade Barnes is the CEO of Farmer's Edge. It's time for the weekly Agriculture News Roundup for the week of May 3rd, 2021. The two railways are having an easier time meeting grain car orders as shipper demand begins to decline as we move towards summer. Last year was very unusual, with 2020 grain exports continuing at a brisk pace during the spring and summer months. It now appears that was a one-year event based on the latest data from the Ag Transport Coalition. Manager Milt Poirier says CN and CP both exceeded the 90% car delivery threshold in shipping week 38, which ended April 24th. Poirier says the numbers show clear signs of declining demand from shippers for grain cars. A new federal program promises to create youth jobs in the agriculture sector. Ag Minister Marie-Claude Bebo hosted a virtual event to announce $21.4 million to enhance the Youth Employment and Skills Program to fund about 2,000 jobs for youth. The program will provide young Canadians between the ages of 15 and 30 with job experience in agriculture that could lead to a career working in the sector. Eligible applicants include producers, agribusinesses, industry associations, provincial and territorial governments, Indigenous organizations and research facilities. Support can cover the period from April 15th to March 31st, 2022. The Canadian Wheat Research Coalition will provide funding to the University of Alberta for agriculture research. The $2 million over five years will assist U of A's wheat breeding program with a specific focus on developing new Canadian Western Red Spring and Canadian Prairie Spring Red wheat varieties. A top objective of the breeding program is to develop three to five registered wheat varieties focusing on the traits of early maturity, shorter straw stock, and resistance to stripe rust and fusarium head blight. The coalition is a collaboration between Alberta Wheat, Sask Wheat, and Manitoba Crop Alliance. 
Construction has started on the $22 million Fertilizer Supercenter near Belle Plaine, east of Regina. The project, Genesis Grain and Fertilizer, is owned by more than 650 farmer investors. The vice president of business development and project lead, Terry Drebuk, says it will be a full-service fertilizer distributor. Drebuk says this is the first of seven fertilizer facilities to be built across the prairies. The University of Saskatchewan's Livestock and Forage Centre of Excellence has found its new leader. Scott Wright's career started in beef and forage research. Over the years, he has held numerous leadership positions in agriculture, including executive director of the USASC Feeds Innovation Institute and positions with Agriculture and Agri-Food Canada. Since 2013, he has worked at the Star Group, an organization comprised of boutique companies that specialize in different sectors of the fresh produce industry. Wright assumes a position on May 19th. He succeeds Bruce Coleman, who has been serving as interim LFCE director. The Saskatchewan Food Industry Development Centre in Saskatoon will be expanding its operation. The $2.3 million in federal-provincial funding will assist processors who develop new local food products. The expansion will consist of additional incubation suites, storage, and extrusion commercialization suite. The second phase will include a maintenance shop and a separate facility for food and industrial processing. STAR's aging helicopter fleet will need to be replaced. That goal is a little closer to becoming a reality thanks to a $400,000 grant from Cargill. The money will be used to help purchase nine new medically equipped Airbus H145 helicopters at a cost of $13 million each. The new aircraft will help STARS deliver critical care to patients across Manitoba, Saskatchewan, Alberta and parts of British Columbia for the next 30 or more years. The Canadian Centre for Food Integrity will assume the leadership of one of the agriculture industry's top public advocacy forums. Agriculture More Than Ever was created by Farm Credit Canada to promote public trust in the Canadian food system and has become the number one social media channel dedicated to public trust in Canadian ag with over 94,000 followers across multiple social media channels. It has been the driving force behind Canada's Agriculture Day, launched five years ago. If you like what you've heard, you can rate and review wherever you get your podcasts and make sure to subscribe to AgriPod with Alice McFarlane for more weekly episodes. The AgriPod is produced by Colby Heiss with host and CJVR Agriculture Director Alice McFarlane and is a division of the Jim Pattison Broadcast Group. Available wherever you find your favorite podcast and at farmnewsnow.com.